Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 a.m. for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Bimi because it's informative, educative and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents. Hello everyone, welcome to a new broadcast of Ask the Pediatrician Hour. I am Bimisola Boyde, I'm a pediatrician and I'm the CEO Ask the Pediatricians Foundation. ACP Hour is brought to you by Ask the Pediatricians Foundation. At Ask the Pediatricians Foundation, we are committed to the health and welfare of all children globally, but especially in sub-Saharan Africa, where majority of our children still die from largely preventable causes. And we do this through our various programs, uh, online and offline. So the program you are listening to is one of our online outreaches. Uh, we talk about important topics that have to do with the health of our children. Our focus is to promote and to prevent diseases so that we don't even need to go to the hospital in the first instance. We also do community medical outreaches and currently we've started our school's first aid care project. We've started it this week and our volunteers have been to schools in Plato and in Ekiti State teaching the students about basic first aid and we're also giving them the first aid booklets and so I'm sure you will see some of the pictures on our website and our Facebook group and we will see we're still going to go to many more secondary schools and actually our goal is to go to all the secondary schools in the country so we really appreciate you supporting us by donating uh, to our candidates or you can go to our website at uh, our global giving page and you will see the links there for you to donate to this project and if you're an alumni and you want us to visit your school and you want to sponsor your school for this project please also get in touch with us on our email at askthepediatricians at gmail.com or get in touch with us via any of our social media handles and we'll be able to talk and work together. Uh, we believe it is important to catch the generation, the new generation young, and we want to make sure we empower them with all the information they need and give them this reminder booklet so that when there's a medical emergency around them, they know what to do. We believe that this will save a lot of lives. And that is what we do on Ask the Pediatrician our Foundation. So thank you so much for joining us today. And today, I'm also going to be talking about something very important because something wonderful, something laudable, something that we've been expecting 
happened this week in Nigeria. Um, something was launched, and that was the Uma Papilloma virus vaccine has been launched, and it is now available for our girls. I know we talked about it previously, and most of us have been expectant, but it's now here. And so today, in the spirit of the series I've been handling, on vaccine preventable diseases. I'm going to be talking to you about the HPV vaccine and cervical cancer. So I really want you to stay tuned and not go anywhere. So whichever platform you're watching on, on our Facebook page, Ask the Pediatrician's Facebook page or group or our YouTube channel or which uh, you're warmly welcome. And for those of you who are listening on Fresh Words Radio or listening on Axe.me ATP podcast channel, I also want to thank you for joining us today. You're going to learn a lot. And if you have any questions based on this topic or any topic that we've handled in the past, or even any other issues that has to do with the health of your children. Remember, you can always ask your questions. You can always ask the pediatricians by going to our Facebook group, ask the pediatricians Facebook group, and you can put your questions there. The group is open 24-7, Mondays to Saturdays. And the difference between our groups and any other social media group is that the answers you get in our group are from a professional perspective, from the pediatrician's perspective. And I know many of you have been beneficiaries of our group and testified on how uh, having that platform where you can uh, interface with our pediatricians and our professionals have been so helpful for you in raising your children and in maintaining their health. So feel free to always post your questions there and we will be there to answer your questions of course we encourage you that if your child is very ill your child has an emergency please do not wait on the group you have to get to the hospital but if you want to learn about health issues or you want to know how to you know how to promote your child's health or what to do you know you can always post that there and we'll be happy to answer your questions and we'll be very also happy if you can support us by sharing our videos and also inviting your friends to join our groups uh, like our follow us on all our social media handles on instagram on youtube on twitter on facebook everywhere yes follow us and together we will see uh, to the reduction of unnecessary and preventable deaths of children in Nigeria and Sub-Saharan Africa uh, uh, generally. Okay, so welcome to today's broadcast. And like I said, I'm going to be talking about human papilloma virus because it's quite a mouthful. I want to beg you to let me just keep it as HPV. So once I say HPV, I'm referring to human papilloma virus and i'm going to be talking about it and why is this important and why are we so 
uh, happy that we have launched it. Uh, the we saw the federal minister of health of Nigeria, the first lady launched it, and even I saw yesterday the Lagos State's uh, first lady, who also happens to be a doctor, was there in one of our schools, and they were they launched it and giving the vaccines to our girls. And I saw some of our volunteers and moderators have given me feedback. Some of you have also asked questions: Is it safe for you to give this vaccine to your daughters because the our vaccinators are going to the schools, to the churches, to the malls, markets, and everywhere. They are also available in, at the health centers to immunize our children. And I want to plead with us to take our girls for these HPV vaccines. This is available for all girls between the ages of 9 to 14. But for some of you who are skeptical and wondering why, why do I need to take my daughter? That is why we are having this discussion today so that we understand why? And the most important thing uh, that HPV vaccine protects our girls from is cervical cancer. Okay, so when we say cervical cancer, we're talking about cancer of the service. The service is the uh, neck of the womb, okay? So, you know, the womb, the uterus, it has a narrow neck and that neck, we call it the service, and that area can get cancerous in women who we'll call it cervical cancer. And the cervical cancer is the number four most common cancer in women globally. So it's one of the most common cancers in women. Okay. Well, WHO says that it causes about 604,000 new cases and 342,000 deaths in 2020. In other words, 50% of all people that have the cases are going um, are dying, you know, so that is serious. So cervical cancer is a very serious cancer in women and also a killer for women. And 90% of these new cases and deaths, again, happens for those of us who live in low and middle-income country. You, you will know why when we talk about that, but I want to give us the key facts first, because we need to understand this cervical cancer and why it's so important for us to know about it. And... Um, and why HPV and HPV immunization is so key, all right? Because majority of cervical cancers are, in fact, 95% of cervical cancer are due to this HPV infection, okay? Especially the type 16 and type 18, they are responsible for over 50% of cases of cervical precancers. So, and HPV is usually through sexual intercourse. Uh, so, um, most people, especially once girls become sexually active, they, they can have HPV virus. And Luckily, most people, when they have the virus, they will clear it. The virus will go away by themselves. But some people, it doesn't clear and it will develop into cancer uh, down the line. And there's no way we will know who is going to have it or who is not going to have it. So which is why it's so important for us to protect our children. And the good news is that HPV acts a vaccine. So this human papilloma virus, there is a vaccine. And with this vaccine, it is very easy 
to protect our girls against the human papilloma virus and by extension against cervical cancer. So cervical cancer is the most common of the human papilloma virus related disease. So that's why we can't talk about human papilloma virus and not talk about cervical cancer because that is the most serious of all that that virus can cause, okay? And this HPV is the most common viral infection of the reproductive tract. And most people, most of us who have sex, at one point will be infected, both men and women, at one point in our lives. And people also get repeatedly infected. But like I said, the good news, most people will clear the infection, but some 90, 10% will not clear the infection. And those are the people that will end up uh having what we call pre-cancer lesions and if we don't pick it up on time again pre-cancer may develop into cancer sometimes it may take up to 10 15 to 20 years for this to happen but that's for those who have good immune system power for women whose immune system already um not optimal then it can happen within five to ten years so that is the problem with cervical cancer and so if we know a problem exists and we know the cause of that problem and we have the solution to that problem then we should not, women should not be dying from cervical cancer anymore because we know that 95% of cervical cancers are related to HPV infection. And we know that HPV infection is very common. Most times people who have HPV infection, they don't even know they have it, but majority of people will have it at one point or the other in their lifetime especially as soon as you become uh, sexually active. And luckily we also have a, a, a vaccine against this, um, uh, this HPV, then there's no reason why we should not be able to get rid of our women having uh, cervical cancer. So I really hope we have seen the link. This is the most important thing that you can sometimes you want to do for your child, protecting them against cervical cancer in future. It is something we have to do. And that is why this HPV vaccine has now been introduced for girls between 9 to 14. And when they take this vaccine, then they'll be protected against cervical cancer. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about HPV. Like I said, human papilloma virus is the most common uh, sexually transmitted infection anywhere, you know, and uh, it is uh, it is the most common what we call XTI sexually transmitted infection, and it can happen like up to forty three million cases, even in, in like in one year in twenty eighteen. The CDC reported there were forty three million infection. It's common among teenagers and people in their early twenties. There are many different types of HPV. So there are some types, you know, so it, it's, it's one of those viruses that have what we call different serotypes. There are many of them, but it's not all of them that can cause health problems, but some of them can cause health problems. So luckily for us, the vaccine we have are for those that can cause 
health problem. And it is not only cervical cancer that HPV can cause, it can also cause genital warts. When people see something like this kind of swelling around the private area as well, their genitals. So it is very common. And HPV is usually most often sexually transmitted, okay, uh, irrespective of the kind of sex that the person has, whether horror or vagina, it can spread um, HPV. And people who have HPV infection, they don't have signs and symptoms. They, they may not even know that they have it, okay, which is the problem with some of this infection because if it's some infection, like when people have COVID, they are coughing, they have fever, they have all those symptoms, then people know that they have it and then they try to avoid them. But for HPV, most times there is no symptom. So, and the person who doesn't have symptoms can actually go ahead and infect uh, somebody who has symptoms. But we all know that it, since we know it is mostly uh sexually transmitted and it can happen even whether you are not in you know you are being faithful to one person you only need to be one person to see have hpv infection unfortunately the consequence of this hpv may happen several years and for girls our main concern is the cervical cancer which can happen like i said earlier 10 to 20 years after, you know, so sometimes you don't even know at what point the person has gotten the HPV and now the person is now having cervical cancer, which is why it's something we have to deal with. Like we said, it does not have symptoms, okay? Um, and apart from cervical cancer, this HPV complication can also cause other cancers, cancers involving the genital, uh, the private parts as well. And for those who engage in oral sex, it can also cause uh, uh, cancer of the throat as well, or cancer of the tongue or the tonsils. And cancers don't happen over a day or two or weeks or months. They take years to happen. And unfortunately, there's no way we are going to know those who are going to develop um, cervical cancer or those who are not going to develop it or those who are even going to develop any cancer at all as a result of each this hpv infection we don't know but we know that anybody who has has human papilloma virus infection which is very common can end up developing uh, HPV and this HPV, like we said, different types of it can develop to uh, different kind of cancers. And there's no way we're going to know those who are going to have HPV uh, related cancers. So we know people have HPV, but we will not know uh, those who are going to have the cancer. Of course, this is more likely to happen in those who have uh, low immunity, those who have uh, what we call immunosuppressive illnesses. So immunosuppressive illnesses are like uh, TB, tuberculosis, which I talked about last week, or it could be HIV, you know, anything that suppresses immune system makes that person unlikely to clear their HPV infection by themselves, which translates to the likelihood that those people are going to have the chronic form of HPV and they are going to have the complication of HPV, and which is what we're talking about, which is the uh, 
cancers and for girls especially for women it is the cervical cancer so that is hpv hpv itself nothing much about it but it's just that it is sexually transmitted and anybody can have it it's very common it's the most common sexually transmitted infections and down the line it can lead to cancer which is the danger with hpv so let's talk a little bit about cancer itself then i will try and link the two uh together okay so we said the cervical cancer in women is one of the most common cancers. There's a time that uh, cervical cancer and breast cancer, they were almost like going head to head in terms of how common they are. And it's still so common. And a lot of women uh, do die from cervical cancer. From some of the statistics I gave us earlier, you can see that almost, you know, the half 50% of people with cervical cancers may not um, survive it. So it is a very, very uh, serious uh, condition and it can happen to anyone and you never know uh, when it's going to happen. All right, though it's kind of, unlike most other cancers that tend to affect maybe older elderly women, cervical cancer affects young women. Okay, I remember having a patient who was 35 and when I was an house officer, she had cervical cancer, she just had three children and she, we lost her. So it, it's, it's so terrible and she's just she's so young. I mean, she's just a young woman. And so anyone with us a cervix can have cervical cancer. As long as you're a girl, you're a woman, and you have a womb, and womb that ends obviously with a cervix, which is the opening between the vagina and the womb, then you can have cervical cancer. So uh, like we said, and but one thing we've now noticed with cervical cancer is it is very related. It is... 95% of it is due to HPV. So that is why we cannot talk HPV and cervical cancer separately. We have to put them together. Nearly all cervical cancers are caused by certain types of infection with HPV, human papilloma virus. Okay, and cervical cancer grows slowly and sometimes um, it can lead to, um, you know, to death. So what are the symptoms? What are the symptoms of cervical cancer? The most common one is bleeding. So people who have cervical cancer tend to have vaginal bleeding. Uh, they may bleed. Uh, on their own or they may be bleeding after having uh, sexual intercourse or they may bleed even during their periods or even after menopause and sometimes the period will be heavy and all that so those are the most common signs of cervical cancer it can also lead to unusual vaginal discharge uh, it can also present with pain when having sex. Uh, some people may also have back pain, you know, and all that. So this uh, or pain even in the tummy and in the pelvic area. So those are the symptoms people get. Unfortunately, there are other symptoms like fibroids, like endometriosis that may also present like this. So people with fibroids also bleed and they tend to also bleed um, 
frequently and all that. So, so sometimes you are not sure which one it is. So which is why if you are having any of these symptoms, please don't make assumptions. The best thing is to make sure you see your doctor so that we can check and for all these signs of uh, cervical cancer. Because like I said, these symptoms are common. It can even happen with people who are using maybe a form of contraceptives and all that. So don't take any unusual bleeding in a woman. Don't take it very lightly. It's best to always see your doctor first and then they can always check you and they may want to, you know, do what we call the look at the service itself and then they can uh, do some tests to know the cause and confirm it and they recommend appropriate treatments so like i said more was the cause of cervical cancer hpv and it is the iric type of hpv and people can get hpv from sexual intercourse from skin-to-skin contacts of the genital area you know it doesn't have to be something penetrating uh, also from sharing um sexual toys so it can happen like that and cervical cancer can happen to anybody with like with a woman uh, but it's more likely going to happen in women under the age of 45 uh, those who have immune weakened immune system, maybe they already have HIV or AIDS. Uh, those who have had multiple children at an early age. So when people start having sexual relationship early, is one of the risks, okay? Because then they're likely going to have HPV infection, and then they're likely going to have uh, cervical cancer, especially those who started earlier than 17. And also, uh, there was some hormonal kind of therapy that people used to prescribe in those days, but which we don't do anymore. But if they can do pregnancy, it can also predispose uh, people to um, cervical cancer. Uh, those who have had cancers of the vaginal, the kidney, the bladder in the past, they are also prone to this cervical cancer okay so the good thing about cervical cancer is that it can be detected early and it can be prevented because we already talked about the fact that most of them are linked to hpv so in other words if we're able to prevent hpv infection then we'll be able to prevent HPV related cervical cancer. That's number one. Number two, we can look out for the cervical cancer itself. And this is why we talk a lot about pap smear, okay? Doing it regularly because we are looking for any abnormal changes in the cervix. So the, the, when there's going to be a cancer, it doesn't just start suddenly and becomes cancer overnight like that. There's what we call a pre-cancer stage, okay, where there is some abnormalities in the cervix in, that we can see. And at that point, if it is picked up early, even before it becomes the full-blown cancer, it, it's completely treatable. In other words, it can be removed completely and the person will not develop cancer. So really, people developing cervical cancer is a tragedy because if we're able to uh, do all these things, immunization, the cervical screening, um, pap smear, then we should be able to get it 
prevented or treated before we get to the full-blown cancer stage when unfortunately though we have some treatment like chemotherapy and all that but it's almost too late because majority of people will stay die all right and so uh but if the cervical cancer is detected then we can treat it as well through chemotherapy and all that uh depending on the stage where to speak the earlier the better as well all right so um even though it is not like 100% certain, but we can prevent cervical cancer, we can lower the risk of having cervical cancer. And I think that's what I'm going to talk about for the rest of this uh, presentation. So I've talked to you about human papilloma virus, which is just a virus, which is the most common virus that uh, sexually transmitted infection. And then I've talked to us about cervical cancer, which is the consequence 95% of the time of HPV infection. So the two of them always go hand in hand. And of course, the girls were the one most affected. So what do we do? So how do we prevent HPV infection? How do we prevent cervical cancer? So those are the things that we really need to talk about all right so let's start with the hpv infection so that's where the good news i share at the beginning of my broadcast uh started okay hpv infection is preventable all right so we have the hpv vaccine and i'm going to take time to talk about the hpv immunization um which luckily for us in nigeria so many other countries have been They've been dealing with this. I mean, they've been giving their children HPV vaccine for years. I remember how to pay for mine. <laughs> I have to pay for it. Then we call it Seperix. So um, three doses that you have to take. But now uh, governments, you know, is now making it available for us. So there are different type of uh, brands of this vaccine, but still the same. And they, are, they all protect against the serotypes 16 and 18 and those serotypes 16 and 18 of hpv like i told us earlier hpv is not just one hpv there are different type of it and it's the 16 and the 18 that are the most notorious when it comes to causing cervical cancer and so we have most almost all the hpv vaccines available protect against this type that causes 70 percent of the cervical cancer so there are different types but the most important thing is that um they are all protective against cervical cancer so uh it is best for children it's best that we take the hpv vaccine before we start having the hpv infection which is why we're targeting the girls before they start having sexual intercourse and this is why we're targeting girls between the ages of 9 to 14. Uh, these are pre-puberty or uh, puberty girls but hopefully uh, who are not yet in, engaging in any form because once you start having uh, sexual intercourse then your chances of having uh, HPV infection is very high so but we want to protect them uh, 
before they get to that stage. So that is why all girls between the ages of 9 to 14 should be immunized against uh, HPV before they start having uh, sexual intercourse. Of course, we we really want our girls to, you know, go to school and study and then get married and all that before they begin to, you know, engage in um, in sex generally. Uh, so we, which is also part of the bigger picture, how I taking care of the girl child and all that. So HPV vaccine is now available in Nigeria. It's available in your health center. Please take your children for the HPV vaccine, okay? It is available and anybody can have it. Any girl between the age of 9 to 14, you can have it. Even we women, uh, older women, I really wish we can say have it, even though <laughs> we should have had it before we start having our, uh, getting, you know, pregnant, having children and all that. So I'll talk about how we can protect ourselves against American cancer. Uh, we can still go for the HPV vaccine too, but some of us may already have been exposed to the HPV infection. So we may already started another journey. So maybe the vaccine may not be as helpful for us, but definitely for the girls who had nine to 14, please make sure you take. And I always tell us one thing. Most of us think um, uh, the government is giving us vaccine for free and we begin to feel like, uh, uh, should I take it? Should I not take it? Is this safe? Is it not safe? And they are giving us for free. But remember that those vaccines are not free and they are not cheap. Somebody is paying for it. So the government paid them and you are getting it free and it's an investment into the life of your children to protect them against HPV infection and protect them against cervical cancer. So please, the only thing we need to do is to take our children to the health centers to the schools or wherever they're giving it and make sure you give it. If you have a girl between the ages of 9 to 14, please make sure they go and take that vaccine immediately. Uh, people ask, is this safe? It is very safe. It doesn't cause any harm. Of course, there are no vaccine that doesn't have side effects. Most of the side effects has to do with the injection itself. So the, ch the children, where they give them the injection on their hands, they may feel a little bit of pain, you know, which is not too bad. We just say give them paracetamol for two, three days. It's going to go away. You can let them rest their hands that they gave the vaccine in. You know, just like the COVID vaccine, you know, the same kind of thing. There's nothing serious, of course, unless the child has reacted uh, to vaccine in the past, but these are like very, very, very rare. So that's why if the child is sick and they're having fever or they're not well, then you don't want to take them for the immunization until they are well. But otherwise, there's really no 
um, no issue whatsoever. Uh, so before we used to give uh, two, three doses, but now I think they are trying to even introduce just one dose kind of uh, HPV vaccine that will not give you, so you don't have to keep going back, going back. All right. So uh, the one given in Nigeria now, I need to confirm whether it's a single dose or double dose, but usually when you go, they will let you know whether you need to come back for it. And like I said, the most common side effect is just that swelling or pain at the injection sites. And all you need to do is to give them paracetamol for two, three days, you'll be fine. Some may have a little bit of headache. Some may feel like their body is aching them all over. Some may feel a little bit of dizziness. Some may feel as if they are sick or having like malaria kind of sickness or they tire. But most of these are very minor side effects. You know, just let them rest, let them take a paracetamol within two, three days, they'll be fine. Occasionally, very, 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 very rarely, some people can react, you know, we have what we call allergic or what we call idiosyncratic reaction. In other words, we don't expect people to react to the vaccine that way, but some people will just be so uniquely different and they may have that kind of severe allergic reaction but those who give immunization they are very trained so usually when they give you immunization they will tell you don't leave so when you go to the center or the hospital or wherever they're giving it the vaccinators those who are giving the vaccine they're already trained to identify those who are having severe reaction that's why they always tell you wait 15 minutes before you go so that they can observe. If you are going to have that kind of severe allergic reaction, most of the time it will happen immediately. So we can quickly give you the, uh, what we call treatment for such allergic reaction. They know what to give you immediately and the person will be fine. But, so just watch out for that. But like we said, it is very, 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 very rare for people to have those form of allergic reactions. Most of the side effects are the ones I mentioned earlier, and those ones just rest, paracetamol, two, three days, you'll be back to normal and as good as new, and they are now protected against HPV infection, and they're also protected against cervical cancer, at least to certain extent. Now, for those of us who are already, um, you know, advanced, we're already sexually active, we're already having children, um, for us, uh, like I said, we may already have the HPV infection. So in terms of protecting ourselves, the most important thing is to diagnose and pick up any abnormal changes in our service early. And that's what we call screening or pap smear, cervical screening, we want to pick up any early signs of changes in the service that may be suggesting ah, that maybe cancer, this is what we call pre-cancer uh, kind of changes in the service. So that is what is more relevant for we, the older women. Okay, those of us who are already married, having sex, having children. So for the girls, pre-girls uh, who are in school, the HPV vaccine. Those of us who are already married, cervical screening. We need to have regular cervical screening. Many of us, they will invite us to come. So now today is not just for the children alone. I'm also talking to us, the mothers. They will invite us to come for cervical screening. And we don't want to go. Please, it is so important that we go. Because like I said, a lot of women die from cervical cancer. 
every year almost 300,000 women that's a lot of women and this is something that should not be killing anyone because we can actually pick it up so in some countries it is routine they send you that letter every three years then later every five years for you to come for your cervical scan, uh, screening and your doctor will be on your neck to make sure you go everybody is put on the national re register for it i hope we'll get to that in nigeria but before we get to that you better take responsibility for your own health okay it is so important to take responsibility so and there are always opportunities for us to have okay so usually the most the easiest one is immediately you have a baby when we go for our six weeks um a postpartum check they normally want to do a cervical smear for us please let them do it okay those things it's not really a long process you just put in the speculum look at the service and just you know scrape just put something there to take a little bit of the cells it's not really painful of course some of us may feel a little bit self-conscious but it's a one minute two minutes procedure they just take a little bit of that service and send it to the lab in the lab they will look at it under the microscope and see whether the cells are normal or they are abnormal if they are normal they just tell you good check it again in another three years if they are not normal uh which will be signs of uh, maybe some early cancer changes are set to happen what we call pre-cancer changes then they will invite you back so that you can get your um treatment on time because if we pick up uh screening at that time before it becomes full-blown cancer when we pick it up at the what we call the pre-cancer stage then we will be able to uh treat it and the person will not develop cancer and the person will be fine so it is so important that the gynecologists they have different methods for treatment for the pre-cancer stage of cervical cancer so they 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 something they will do for you and you go home the same day it's not a big procedure it's not like chemotherapy what they do is to more or less you know cut out all those cells or burn it off you know using layman's language and then they just you know they just take care of it so that you will be fine or they cut it out completely they excise the they remove the uh, part of the service that has that abnormal changes. So this is something they would do. There are different methods we wish to do it. You don't need to worry yourself about those medical jargons, but the most important thing is for you to make sure you go for your screening. So the question is, when last did you do your pap smear? When last did you do your screening? We should be taking our health seriously once you are in that age, because for us as pediatricians, we need you to be alive to take care of our babies we need to take care of our children so we want to also take care of yourself and unfortunately cervical cancer breast cancer they take our women away so this is about cervical cancer so i won't go into the breast cancer maybe another day we'll talk about that but the way to prevent cervical cancer immunization hpv to cervical screening you must do it every three years yeah, at least until the time they say okay maybe it's every five years please it's so important every time you have a baby you must 
at your postpartum check, you must go for your cervical smear, you know, and don't forget, put it in your reminder, okay? It's something you can do in most of our government hospitals, and I don't think you have to pay for it. And some hospitals, some cancer centers all over the place, they do it, they offer it routinely, and it's available, and you can just go for it. So that way, you'll be protected and if there's any abnormalities it can be treated and if it is treated at that stage you will not have cervical cancer and you'll be alive okay and so that's why majority of our women dying from cervical cancers they are dying from our low-income middle-income countries because we are the ones that don't have this cervical screening program we don't we are not taking it seriously it's up to each of us to take ourselves seriously but in other countries it's routine everybody they are, are asking you and reminding you to come so uh we have to take responsibility for ourselves as well so that our women will not be dying from cervical cancer so i've told us what to do and of course God forbid, but if somebody already has cervical cancer, uh, we it is treatable. Okay, so I've talked about some of the signs. The, if you have irregular spotting, bleeding in between periods, some of us complain about the symptom, but we don't take it seriously. We just see it as a no big deal, but it's a big deal because it could be sign. Of course, I'm not saying everything has to be cancer. There are other things that could cause it, but please, if you're bleeding after sex, you are bleeding in between your periods, or you have vaginal discharge, or it is smelling bad, you're having back pain, weight loss, poor appetite, and all that, uh, please, please, please see a gynecologist, okay, see a gynecologist, we don't want you to come to us at this point, we want you to come to us before this point, but if Maybe you are just learning about it and it's, you are seeing this sign. Please still go to the hospital and then they will be able to get you treated with chemotherapy and all that. All right. But I hope none of my listeners get to that point. The point is to come to us before you get to that stage. All right. So um, I've been talking for the past half hour on HPV, human papilloma virus, and cervical cancer. And I've been, I hope you have now seen the link between HPV and cervical cancer. And for my girls, which is the part that concerns me as a pediatrician, we are happy now that the HPV vaccine is now available in Nigeria and it is free. So I'm pleading and I'm cleaning down and <laughs> begging you, please take your girls. You know, I don't want to hear yeah, I have a girl between 9 to 14 and you've not been immunized. This is the time to do it, okay? This is priority. Take the girls now. Take them. If you don't know where to go for your immunization, feel free to access. Uh, it's, yeah, I think it's almost all over, all over the states. Uh, and I know it's now in Lagos, <laughs> so please go to your health center, ask them, HPV vaccine. And I know that somebody was telling me there's people are 
saying a lot of there are a lot of myths about immunization which we have addressed in the past but the most common myth in nigeria uh it's really in certain parts of the country is that maybe some people are trying to uh, stop us from multiplying <laughs> you know they are trying to sterilize us by giving us this vaccine so that we will not have more children uh that is not true Okay, that is not true. I mean, we have been taking all these vaccines and we're still having our children and we are, our population is about 200 million now in Nigeria. So that is not true. So don't let anybody uh, mislead you or don't take any nonsense anybody is telling because there are lots of fake uh, people that say all sorts of nonsense out there. So the immunization does not sterilize you. It does not sterilize your girls. It is to protect your girl from HPV infection when they become sexually active in a few years down the line. And by implication, protect them against cervical cancer. So it is not a population control mechanism. It is not sterilization. Uh, if you have any worry or any fear about immunization, please talk to the vaccinator. Talk to us as well. You know, you are welcome to uh, come to ACP. I thank you, those of you who have actually, I see answered a question yesterday on it. A mother was like, oh, is this vaccine safe? Yeah, it's okay to ask questions um, on our on our Facebook group, we have the HPV, um, uh, it, it, what we call vaccine information sheets. If you ask for it, we also give it to you as well. So you can read about the vaccine, what the vaccine is for and what it does and all that. So feel free to access. I, I, I think I will uh, pin it right now to the group so that you can easily access it. And if you have still have questions, please ask. We are happy to answer your question. But please don't be scared. Feel free to take your children for immunization. No problem. And for you yourself, if you've not had your pap smear in the last three years, please walk into any general hospital, any government hospital, or any cervix, uh, cancer screening center and ask them, uh, do you do cervical screening here? Do you do pap smear? I would like to do one. Please do it. And I'm sure that um, together, yourself, myself, all of us, doing the immunization, doing the cervical screening, we'll be able to protect ourselves, our girls, our future, our future girls and women from cervical cancer. And hopefully, no woman should die anymore from cervical cancer. I hope you have really learned a lot, but if you have any questions, uh, feel free to post your questions on Active Pediatrician Facebook group uh, from Monday to Saturday. I will be there to answer your questions. So till I come your way again next time, the next broadcast, keep sharing this video and make sure that you take all your girls for immunization and you also go for your cervical screening and remember to be part of our ongoing school first aid care outreach uh, please support us thank you so much and i will see you next week uh, for another episode where we'll talk about something else that is so important to the about the health of our children till then it is bye for me and have a wonderful day bye
Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 a.m. for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Bimi because it's informative, educative and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.